0: Hey everyone, good to have you here. We have some pretty explosive news. I mean, this is unfortunately confirming exactly what I feared, that there was a lot of stagecraft going on, shall we say, when it comes to trying to write history about what happened or did not happen on January 6th. You've heard me voice my concerns about Nancy Pelosi and her use of her daughter, a documentary filmmaker, to make all of the video that you saw. Well, this story is going to blow you away because for the first time we're seeing a total admission and they're like proud of it. They felt that it was so important to convey a certain message that they had never done this before and and they felt that it was so, so critical that they actually wove together what they thought was sort of a mini-series style. Interesting publicity vehicle to get the message out about J6, I mean, regardless of what you believe or you don't believe, and I'm not condoning anything, I'm just saying, I find it really egregious that they had to manipulate the public the way they did, and they're continuing to do it, okay? Don't be fooled. They're continuing to do it. We are all over this in today's show. Plus, I'll tell you, there's a reason Joe's like tearing up, crying at the national prayer breakfast. And it has to do with a brand new poll out. Brand new poll, which is maybe good news for Joe. I'll tell you, it's a wake up call to Donald Trump. I have an idea on how he can close this gap. It's a gap with women. I have an idea and I want to share it with you. Has to do with the vice president. This is why the vice presidential pick is like the most important pick in the history, recent history of this nation, so he can't blow it off. He's got to get this one right. You know, in the past, I've been like, "Well, this one, he's got to get right." In this brand new poll out, convince me of it. I want to hear your thoughts on it. And uh, oh, Bud Light has a new spokesperson because they're coming out with another marketing plan to try and save that little company. <laughs> Hello, welcome, welcome back to the show. I'm Trish Regan. We're brought to you as always in part by our friends at LegacyPMInvestments.com. Legacy Precious Metals. If you're worried about inflation, like I am, you might want to go and and think about diversification strategies. One of those great diversification strategies can come from investing in gold. And so if you're interested in this, I'm telling you, they're not going to let you down. Great people, wonderful people. 1-866-589-0560. This is truly the most explosive report i have seen so far this admission if you would of what really was going down as they tried to form a narrative around january 6. regardless of whether you know you like the president you don't like the president whether you're angry about the protesters were there you're not angry what i'm angry about frankly as a journalist and i told you all along is that they tried to message this in such a carefully planned way, right? They wanted to control the messaging so badly that it had my antenna up. I'm like, "Mm -hmm. what's that about? I mean, when Alexandra Pelosi is there, the documentary film producer, I'll show you that in a minute. But first, this amazing, 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 amazing story. There's a new documentary. This is like hot off the presses. I think i was like a minute or two late maybe a couple more to this live it's in part because we were just getting this material in i wanted you to see this brand new front line this is pbs okay like this is not this is not like right wing media stuff this is pbs is out with a brand new documentary and it's like they're patting themselves on the back you know we did a good job we got that story out exactly as we wanted it told about j6 so Take a look at some of these clips. I have a few I want to share with you, but let's start off with this, because you can see there very much was a narrative that they were crafting, that they were scripting, and that they wanted to convey. And I just don't like how darn contrived this stuff is. Come on. Here we go.
1: Thompson's committee had gathered a trove of information. The challenge, what to do with it. The one thing that we knew was the information that we have is compelling. The thing we needed to do was tell that to the American people in a compelling way. So that's why we brought in a former president of ABC News. Yeah, I got a call pretty much out of the blue um, from the January 6th committee. They wanted they wanted a storyteller. And while they were brilliant, they were brilliant lawyers. Storytelling for a mass audience is not what they do.
0: Really, I mean, I saw Adam Schiff in the back there, you know, leading man of the Schiff show <laughs> in that picture. I, I thought I thought he was a good storyteller, but now he's a lawyer. Kissinger, they're all lawyers, right? So James Goldston comes to the rescue. Nice man. Talented enough producer. In fact, I know him because I almost went to work at ABC News before I went to work at Bloomberg And so uh, it's a small world, you know, the television circle. Talented, talented, creative storyteller. Fine. But you're a storyteller. You're not a lawmaker. I mean, he's sort of a journalist, but, you know, let's face it, a lot of, a lot of, it's one of the reasons I don't like that that business, because everything is so scripted. If you're on the uh, world news tonight, you get a nine-second intro, a nine-second tag in like a minute 30 they call it to, to tell your very scripted story that's all done ahead of time it's not very natural there's always a prompter everything is thought out and planned ahead of time so you are telling a story when you're reporting the news and so there's an artificial quality that they wanted or needed because they needed to package this up with one beautiful gold bow to present to the American people. Let's watch a little more coming to us from PBS. They're admitting it, guys. They're admitting it themselves. I mean, this is why this is so explosive. You need to pay attention. You need to understand how the message is being delivered to you, the consumer, the American population. And it's being sort of schemed up by some talented people. Here we go.
1: To bring in a guy like this who would think outside the box really did prove to be fruitful. And it was Goldston who really began to envision this as, in a way, a kind of mini-series, that there would be you know, sort of nine episodes and that these episodes would tackle particular themes. Attack on the Capitol. The investigation. The first hearing was primetime television. As the nation is about to witness a defining moment.
0: You get it? It's a miniseries, for goodness sakes. They wanted to create a miniseries. They wanted to, to, to keep you sort of on pins and needles. Oh, my gosh. And then what happened? And then what happened? And then what happened? This is a political party working with a former very important member of the media, the president of ABC News, which is owned by Disney, and we know where they are, so Disney's ABC News former president comes in to put all this together, because you know they had all that video from Alexandra Pelosi. Let's watch another clip from the PBS Frontline documentary.
1: We were either gonna, you
0: know, make people realize this is that this was important, you know, or once once you've lost them, you've you've lost them for good. Okay. So you had to do something. You had to make sure that people knew this is really, really important. He said it himself. And so this is what we did. And we had to make it interesting, right? That was that mini series that they were trying to create. It, it basically confirms what I had feared all along, that there was a deliberate calculation going on with how this all went down. I mean, how is it that Nancy Pelosi is told, this could be a really challenging time for you. Do you want us to bring in reinforcements? And the answer was no. And so she, you know, she had to file out of the Capitol building. We know that. Again, let me be very clear. I mean, I don't like people busting into the Capitol building. I mean, that was not okay. Like that was not okay, but you know what's also not okay? When there's an effort to present it as something that I'm not so sure really it was. Again, I haven't seen all the, what, zillion hours of tape? Zillions and hours of tapes. They still haven't released all that. I know Tucker got some of it. It may have cost him his job at Fox News. We'll get to that in a second. Chuck Schumer certainly wanted him gone after he dared to air some of that because you couldn't, couldn't say anything against the narrative. I'm like out on a limb here saying this. I mean, again, I'm not condoning what they did. I'm just finding it extremely curious that of all the journalists that you could have called Nancy Pelosi, and you have plenty of them on speed dial, you got your daughter in there to take footage of everything that was happening. And then you turn it over to your consultant that you hire, who used to run the whole shebang there at ABC. I mean, wow, you're, you're really trying to present. Maybe they figure, you know, Trump's so good at this he's so good at the showmanship that we got to do it too. The reason he's good at the showmanship is because I don't know, maybe it just comes by, he comes by it naturally. Like it's authentic and that really is him. And he's a little bit showy, right? Like he had the apprentice for so long and that's just him. You're not going to, it's not like you're taking the lawyer and marrying the lawyer with James Goldston so that you can come up with some really cool crafty way to convince the American public of something like Trump's just doing Trump. Anyway, (laughs) Alexander Pelosi was called in to film everything. And again, not a journalist, the daughter of the Speaker of the House at the time. And they just milked this thing for all it was worth. Very few people actually, after a while, reported that this was Pelosi's daughter's footage. They just kept playing it. On a loop for America for everybody to see. I mean there were a few, right? So Drew's got the tape queued up. we've got a couple clips. One you know, you know, she's ready to punch, she's ready to punch Donald Trump out. He offered to come to the Capitol and she didn't want him there. Like it's all kind of weird, right? Like people are like, oh, he didn't come. We Well she did not want him to come. Nancy Pelosi said on tape for, I imagine, some wonderful effect, that she was going to punch him out if he dared to show up at the Capitol. He tried to go to the Capitol and were told by him that Secret Service would not allow him. So let's cut to some of Alexandra Pelosi's footage on this whole topic.
1: And that's what this is all about. Secret Service said... They have
0: dissuaded him from coming to Capitol Hill. They told him they don't have the resources to protect him here. So at the moment, he is not coming, but that could change. Oh, he comes, I'm going to punch him out. This oh, is my no, mom. i am waiting for this,
1: for trespassing on the Capitol ground. I'm going to punch him out and I'm going to go to jail and I'm going to be happy.
0: Guys, did you notice the little CNN exclusive? CNN exclusive. CNN got the exclusive from who? Oh, Alexandra Pelosi, who was there shooting on behalf of her mom and HBO. So she's getting paid as well. And then you know what happens? They take the footage and they sell it to the highest bidder, which I guess in this case must have been CNN and so CNN then puts its stamp on it as though it shot the thing itself. That's what you'd think, right? Nah, no, nah, it was the daughter of the Speaker of the House that shot it. ABC News, they actually admitted that originally. I, mean, I don't know what happened in the subsequent reports, but I think we have an example
1: never-before-seen footage. Yes. Yes, ma'am. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi shown fleeing the U.S. Capitol as it was under attack on January 6th. The videos captured by her daughter, Alexandra Pelosi, a documentary filmmaker.
0: We have got to finish the proceedings. We to, have to Okay, so can we just say let's leave aside whether people should have done that or not, regardless of how you think about Donald Trump and what he said in the days following the election and whether or not he should have just, you know, ridden out on his white horse and said, I'll be back. Regardless of any of that, they tried to control the message in a pretty, pretty significant and, um, if you ask me, a little bit corrupt of a way. It was all insiders, all insiders trying to script this thing out. And that's exactly what they're doing again. Just consider what we have heard, ladies and gentlemen, on the airwaves over the last several months. Our friends over at Gravian, they put this little compilation together. And I want to show you part of it because it's, It's a little nauseating. I mean, they they have their script and they're sticking to it. Every single one of them in the mainstream media. Let's take it away.
1: Every one of us, our freedom, our liberty, none of us is safe. It's going to have people around him executing against an enemy's list. Assassinate generals. Ordering troops uh, to um, attack American citizens. Trump's very well armed and extremist base will try to kill people. Going to, he's going to basically burn the House down. He will unravel the institutions of our democracy. Draw similarities between Mussolini and Hitler. Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini. Makes Donald Trump even more dangerous. Wants to take away your vote. Senate and the House are immediately going to be paralyzed. People will begin in their minds to censor themselves. They might say, well maybe I shouldn't say this. This is the end of Democracy. Yeah. I think that could was, be the end of our democracy. They're,
0: they're, they're gonna, democracy is dead. Oh yeah, she loves him. She's the end of our. And that's what they're saying. It's the end of our democracy. It's the end of our country. It's the end of everything. I mean, then it gets really wild. Like he's going to kill people. This, that, and the other. And I'm just like, wow, guys. I mean, that's really. That's pretty aggressive language. We had Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg. You you love her, right? <laughs> I I know you don't. On ABC. The other day Disney owned ABC. I'm thinking ABC's coming up a lot here. You know, MSNBC does its part, the NBC side of things, and then you got ABC doing its part between farming out producers and uh putting this show on the air with this woman every day. I'm going to be on day 1. I'm going to be a dictator. Who says it to you, tells you, I'm going to put you people away. I'm going to take all the journalists, I'm going to take all the gay folks, I'm going to move you all around and
1: disappear you. If that's
0: the country you want,
1: you know who to vote for. Oh, if, that's not, if that's not the country you want, you have to make a decision.
0: Okay, but let me just remind everybody. They scripted the whole J6 thing out for the hearings. Again, not. I've got to be careful, right, because like, I'm not... I'm not I'm not saying it like I I actually don't think that people should have protested in that way. And I didn't like seeing the guy with the the outfit. But that said, was it really what they're trying to tell us? Because we're left saying we can't trust you people. We don't trust you because you keep lying over and over and over and over again. You didn't tell us that that virus came out of Wuhan, China. And then what do you know? Turns out, yep, came from a lab in Wuhan, China. I guess I have to be careful even saying that. I mean, you get shut down for this kind of stuff. Remember? The CIA, they say they're still not fully decided. They're still divided. But every other three letter agency, they've all come out and admitted it. This is stuff you couldn't say. They went bonkers when Trump said it. He had seen some intelligence that suggested, yeah, it could have come from a lab in Wuhan, China. You couldn't talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. Mm mm. Fake, false information, disinformation, misinformation. I'm sorry. The whole thing was true, but yet we had to look at 51 ex-spooks and spies telling us, no way this, no, no, it's just Russian disinformation fed to you, courtesy of Rudy Giuliani. I mean, they threw him in there too because he was the unfortunate one that got the call from the computer guy in Delaware. No, that laptop was real. So after a while, you see how people get desensitized to this. And then we learned that it was not a CNN exclusive. CNN was not inside the darn Capitol building. No, 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 that was Alexandra Pelosi who sold it or gave it or whatever to CNN because they wanted to control this message. And so when they sit there and they start telling me that he's going to kill everyone, he's going to lock everyone up, I'm just kind of like, wow, is this all part of the scam? Is this all part of the deal? Is this all part of the messaging where everybody's in on it together? Time magazine actually had a very interesting story. Again, Time. So this is, this is not Breitbart. I like Breitbart, by the way. A good, 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 good website. Um, it gets its share of, in its share of troubles. But anyway, Time came out with an article and they said that maybe this is 2021, And they pointed this out as well as secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020, saved the 2020 election. In other words, you need that shadow campaign. They were on it. I'm telling you, they were on it in 2020 for sure. You had comedians all over it. Heck they were prepared. They were prepared for battle. They were going to do exactly, mark my words, exactly what Donald Trump did. They were going to contest the election legally However they had to do it, they were prepared. Hillary Clinton telling us this. i gotta, I got to play you this clip. You remember this? Hillary Clinton. This, this blew me away. Hillary Clinton was totally prepared to do whatever she had to do to make sure that Donald Trump didn't spend another four years in the White House. And so, you know, she'd been already saying, illegitimate president, not my president, blah, blah, blah. You know, she had Jimmy Carter out there carrying her water and the mainstream media. Then a few members of Congress, like Maxine Waters, who just, you know, not very smart people or just very political people. I suppose that's how we can describe them. Maybe they are very smart because they're extremely political saying, you know, he's an illegitimate president, not my president, et cetera. Well, she was prepared to go to battle. She was telling the Democrats, you're going to have to fight this. If he wins, be prepared. Let's watch her. She did this little podcast. I fell off my seat when I heard this. I brought this to you at the time. I was astonished. She tells her former, one of her press people, uh, that, They're going to have to fight no matter what. Like, Biden's got to fight no matter what and hang on, hang on, regardless of the election results. This is in August 2020, right? The election didn't happen until November. Thank you very much.
1: You know, Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out and eventually I do believe he will win if we don't give an inch and if we are as focused,
0: and relentless as the other side is. Whew. So then it becomes, what, a battle of wills? Like, who can do this the hardest, the most? I talked to Dershowitz about this. He was on the show, I don't know, a couple months ago. And he's like, look, I represented Gore in Bush v. Gore. We were dealing with hanging chads in Florida. Like, it's not like this stuff hasn't happened. When elections are close, you try and go through legal methods and means to try and figure out what really happened. Now, it is, it is very clear that Donald Trump lost the popular vote by some 7 million votes. But hey, he lost it before, right, with Hillary Clinton. She won the popular vote. It comes down to the Electoral College, people. That's why, at one point, Democrats wanted to get rid of the Electoral College right before 2020, because they were worried he may have a path through this Electoral College. We can't let him have a path. We can't let him have. Let's go back to the popular vote. Well, anyway, he lost the popular vote, but it was more narrow on the electoral side, and that's why he was fighting so hard until the very end. And that was when, um, you know, they made a decision like he just wasn't going to do it. And you know, I, I I can't give you any kind of sort of analysis on the legal methods, etc. Did he have the most talented legal team? Not so sure about that. Uh, kind of like the Eugene Carroll thing. Poor Lena Haba. We talked about that yesterday. But anyway, I I mean, did he I I don't know. And I'm not a legal expert, so I don't want to weigh in on any of that other than to say, ultimately, the courts decided against him. So when the courts decide against you, you know, that's that's sort of the end of the story. But what's happening now? Because we get all the courts piling on. You got lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. And they really are trying to take him out again. We got news that a number of very, very big people in the Republican Party, a lot of great people. I mean, Ken Langones in there. He's just a wonderful one founder of Home Depot. Terrific guy. A lot of really, really big names. There's Bloomberg article the other day talking about how all this money was still going into Nikki Haley's campaign. So I think that they're really holding out some hope. I mean, I I I think that they'll eventually decide, okay, if Nikki can't get it, we're not gonna we're not gonna want Joe. I still think they ought to run Nikki as a dem. But we're we're dealing with a, a situation now where I think some of the big money recognizes how aggressive they'll be. My problem is, my problem is, it doesn't matter if it's Trump, if it's Nikki, whoever it is, they are so determined not to let the other side, the Republicans, win that they'll cast her however they need to cast her. They already have. I've already played you some of the footage they're calling her racist and this and that on The View. Oh, she's in trouble because she didn't say the Civil War was all about racism. It was about a lot of, yes, okay, like yeah, that's sort of the given, but there was a lot of economic. I say this as a student of economic history, a lot of other stuff going on. It was the expansion of the of the u.s and the north trying to have more power we're becoming an industrialized society they wanted to get away from slavery for ethical reasons yes but economic reasons too well you can't be nuanced they're going to go after you they're going to take one little clip and then somehow paint you as however they want to paint you despite the fact that she's actually i believe half indian right so whatever you you can't you understand you can't Say anything, do anything if you are on one team. If that team has a red color on it, forget about it. You're just one of those stupid, crazy, Bible-clinging nuts. It can't go on like this, you understand? It just can't. This can't be how we're going to operate, ladies and gentlemen. we got to be smarter and better and, frankly, more humane than that. I'll tell you who gets this. The CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, none other than Jamie Dimon. He went over to Davos recently, you know that big shindig that they have in January every year, and it was great because he went on CNBC, one of my former networks, and he sat there and he told them all, and basically everybody at Davos, hey guys, (laughs) you gotta not just label half the country, 75 million Americans, that voted for Trump as bad people, like. That's gonna backfire, and he's totally right. Spot on, watch him here. Ladies and gentlemen, Jamie Dimon, take it away.
1: We've got this great hand, but when people say MAGA, they're actually looking at people voting for Trump and they think they're voting, and they're basically scapegoating them, that you are like him. Uh, and But I don't think they're voting for Trump because of his family values. And if you look, just take a step back, be honest. He's kind of right about NATO, kind of right about immigration. Mm-hmm. He grew the economy quite well. China, so he, China so ta- virus. Tax reform worked. Mm-hmm. He was right about some of China. I don't, th- I don't like no, what he did. No, I said China virus. Yeah, I understand. When he he made right. And I don't like how he said things about I Mexico. I don't like. But he wasn't wrong about some of these critical issues. And that's why they're voting for him. And, and I think people should be a little more respectful of our fellow citizens. And when you guys have people up here, you, have to, you should always ask the Why? not like it's a binary thing, you're supporting right. Trump, you're not supporting Trump. Why are you supporting Trump? hard to Trump? hate 75 million of your fellow Americans. And it's, I, I agree. It's done and you oh, know, yes, the it. Democrats have done a pretty good job with the deplorables, hugging onto their Bibles and their beer and their guns. I mean, really, like, could we just stop that stuff and actually grow up and treat other people with respect and listen to them a little bit? I mean, and, but, and I do think the economy will affect, and I think this, this negative talk about MAGA is going he, to hurt Biden's election campaign.
0: You heard that There's negative talk about MAGA because people are like, I mean, you're backing them into a corner. It's like, no, no, I, I just want to, you know, maybe keep some more of my income. If I, I, I don't want to have to go out and buy a new EV. I'm not against them. Just don't want to have to buy one right now. I, I don't want to have to pay sky high gas prices because you guys are deciding to shut off oil here in the U.S. I wish I didn't have so much inflation. I wish that, you know what, I could get my kids community center back. If you're in Roxbury, Mass, you're dealing with that right now. I wish I could feel safer on the sta- streets of New York City because you know, if, if people attack a police officer, they'll they'll get sent out of the country for it. That's a big story right now, we'll get to it in a second. But you know what, listen, this is why this election is so important. And I, I'm, I'm stunned by the results of a brand new poll. I gotta tell you, I didn't expect this. I've seen every poll showing that Trump is way ahead. And this is why I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, it is so important who he picks for his vice president. It's just so critical. He's, he's you know, trying to play it down. He's trying not to get everybody too excited about it. But listen, he's going to have the right team around him right now because they're going to do everything they can to take him apart one by one. And right now, it's working. Brand new Quinnipiac, before I even... Quinnipiac is a pretty good poll. So back in 2016, they were saying Trump was going to win. And I remember I was at Fox at the time and, you know, they get kind of snooty about their polls. They're like, hey, don't, don't cite that Quinnipiac poll. You know, that's really not a good poll. We have our own polling, blah, blah, blah. Well, let me just say like their polling didn't show what the Quinnipiac poll showed, which was that Trump was going to win. And then again in 2020, Quinnipiac showed a pretty tight poll. Well, right now, we've got Reuters, New York Times, every other other poll is showing that Joe Biden is way behind and that Trump is going to win. And then all of a sudden, whammy, this one hits today. I think Drew's got it. Let's show you. Ladies and gentlemen, not good news. Six-point lead Biden has right now over Donald Trump. And guess why? Women. He has got, I I say this as somebody who doesn't want to see the policies of this administration, which are terrible, terrible, doesn't want to see those policies there for another four years. So I'm going to tell you this, Donald Trump needs to think long and hard about who he chooses and whoever he chooses. He needs that person to help close this gap because women, they could say, Hey, I'm going to vote for the nice guy. The guy I think is nice, but hey, this, I don't know if he's that nice and he's not keeping you safe, ladies and gentlemen, not when we see what's going on in the Middle East. But he's going to play to that crowd. He's already doing it. So Donald Trump needs to focus on this. I want to know who you think, right? Let's just be very open with each other here because we don't want taxes going up, we don't want more inflation. We don't want chaos at the border, and we don't want what potentially could happen overseas happening. So if he needs to close this gap, then everybody needs to wake up and smell the coffee, and he's got to try and find a way to do it. That might mean choosing a woman, just saying, one that's non-threatening, that's smart, that is capable. I mean, they'll destroy her anyway, right? Like That's what they do. But he's got to try and head that off somehow some way. Does he know that? I think he does. But he's trying to kind of downplay expectations. We saw him the other day on with uh, one of the Fox reporters. Let's take a look at this. If we said so in it, our town have, hall
1: that you had an idea or you might have already decided about your VP pick, when do you think you're going to make that? Well, it's never really had that much of an effect on an election, which is an amazing thing, both election and primary. It's never really had much of an effect. I may or may not release something uh, over the next couple of months. There's no rush to that. It won't have any impact at all. The person that I think I like is a very good person, pretty standard. I think people won't be that surprised. But I would say there's probably a 25 percent chance it would be that person. Senator Tim Scott.
0: So, you know, you get names out there. We've talked about them all. I know you love Vivek. I, I love him too. I don't think it's going to, I think you double down on the base and you, you run the risk that you're not going to bring those women over. Women, they don't like what's going on at the border. They don't like what's going on overseas, but you know what? They feel like he might be, you know, whatever. Maybe they're, they're drinking the ABC Kool-Aid. They watch too much of the view. I don't know. So you're going to have to figure this one out. And I think, that the choice of a woman, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. Believe me, it's hard. You've got to find someone who's not threatening, somebody who is commanding, somebody who is intelligent and trustworthy and all of these things. It's very tough. But we do have a lot of talented women in the Republican Party. And you're going to be up against something because I have some names, by the way. I'm going to throw them out there. Um, I'd like to get your reaction. But you're going to be up against a lot. Taylor Swift, for one, I think she's going to get political. That's that's just my little instinct. I think Taylor Swift's going to get a little bit political. The New York Times had a piece the other day saying that, hey, they're trying to court her. They're trying to court her hard. But, you know, there there is one woman that beat her before, right? Like she tried to campaign against her. I'm talking about Tennessee's Marsha Blackburn. She's a little bit older, right? She's a grandmother. So maybe that takes away some of the edge, the, the threat. I don't know. I mean, I'm throwing stuff out there. Like, I'm curious to get your thoughts, too, because it's a live show. And we we'll have got a chat going on. So I want to know. This is a very big topic, of course, for all of us. And I think it's incredibly important. I think that this vice president choice is going to matter more than anything in any recent election history. I, I know a lot of you, yes, you like Christy. I see that. I know that... Um, I know that a lot of people like Carrie, Carrie Lake, she might come across as too, like, again, you need somebody who's not polarizing here. And that's, that's tough. Like, it's a very tough thing. Tulsi Gabbard. I see some of you, you know, you talk about Tulsi. Oh, I hear no. Somebody's saying no, don't, you don't want Tulsi. Um, Tulsi Gabbard. I mean, she's she was a democrat but again they might be a polarizing thing they already tried to destroy her i mean she actually had a shot in the democrat party so what did clinton say what did hillary clinton say she said she was a russian spy i'm sorry this woman like is a former military member and hillary comes out with she's a russian spy i mean i'm just telling you this is wow to me like the the aggressiveness, the venom, the coordination. Like, how do we stand a chance against that, right? So I think the risk for Donald Trump is he could he could double down on what works, which might be Vivek, right? Or he could try to bring in more people. It's It's a tough one because they're going to shoot whoever he picks down. They're going to pick her apart. Heck, you know, Maybe he goes with Nikki. I mean, that's crazy. I know nobody likes Nikki right now. But maybe if Nikki were in there, it might maybe diffuse some of this. I mean, you get the mainstream media right now, they're 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 trying to prop up Nikki. So then they're gonna look really stupid. Of course, they did that with Trump. <laughs> Remember? Like Morning Joe was all over Trump because they wanted him to be the one that won against Hillary. Uh, Don saying Huckabee Sanders would be oh it's such a good idea, Don. That's such a good idea. He's talking about Sarah Huckabee Sanders, former press person for Trump. And, and she's kind of yes, yeah, Sarah Sanders. There you go. She's she's not threatening. She's a mom. She's, by the way, super smart and a great person. I like her a lot. I know you guys like Christy too. Uh, you know, he, he, this is this is a tricky one because women have to like her, all right? We're going to forget about men. All you men, <laughs> you got Trump. So who, who in America right now, in American politics, is going to reel in women the way they think Taylor Swift can for the other side? I mean, let, he needs to be smart about this. We need to be smart about this. We need to start talking. I mean, I mentioned Marshall only because... I know she beat Taylor already. Taylor Swift campaigned for Marsha's opponent in Tennessee, and it didn't work. It did not work. And Marsha's extremely smart senator, Blackburn. She's She's been on this show. We, we should get her back on. Right? We can ask her about this stuff. She's a grandmother. She's a really interesting person, and, and she's uh, somebody who, who might possibly stand a chance. Tulsi Gabbard, as we said, Carrie Lake, I don't know. Christy, good idea, good idea. Will will women like her? I, I hate to say this. This is darn, darn pretty. And that's interesting, right, In the in the media environment and how other women respond. Again, I'm just being complete. It's all out on the table right now because we have to, together, think this one through and come up with some good ideas. You know, Sarah Palin was neat because – she kind of had a, a way about her that was extremely dynamic, that wasn't really off-putting, that wasn't intimidating. I'm not saying Sarah Palin, by the way. Um, at the end of the day, I think a lot of people didn't find her bright enough, smart enough to be able to be in that position. Nothing that of these vice presidents are, let's be honest, right? Like, Kamala, I'm sorry. And by the way, she's not going to pull either blacks or women, right? Like, that was the idea with Kamala, that she was going to check all these boxes. So I don't want someone who's going to just check boxes. I think we need to figure out who women in America will like. I saw one of you put up Ben Carson, which maybe, but I don't know. I don't know if that's going to really inspire them. You need women to be inspired. And I'm, I'm kind of freaked out by that Quinnipiac poll. So I'm telling you, like, it's time to buckle down and figure this out. I have one more story I want to talk about. But before I do, and that's Bud Light, because this update is crazy, just crazy. Before I do, I'm gonna tell you about my friend's podcast. Lee Habib has a show called Our American Stories. And if you have not subscribed to it, you gotta go over there and do that. By the way, guys, 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 you know what? We're climbing in the audio charts. We're climbing, like we're way up. And it's you, you guys are doing this. Because I think because I always remind you to go and get Our American Stories. And I always say, hey, while you're there, would you please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you get them, subscribe to the Trish Regan show. So we're all of a sudden climbing, climbing, climbing in those charts. And I want to thank you for that. So thank you for subscribing to me, but make sure you also subscribe to our American stories. It's just a wonderful, very, very different, obviously, no politics and important stuff because it's our stories. It's the history of America. It's the history of great Americans. Who have come from all walks of life and all kinds of different places and they've made it so go check it out lee habib has a wonderful podcast i mean they've been climbing in the ratings too it's amazing what they've been doing and they've got different installments different stories wonderful stories and for me i'm a former early american colonial era historian Well, not really a historian. I wish I was a historian. I'm kind of a historian, right? I'm front lines of history right here, right now, watching it all unfold. But anyway, uh, I like all the early American stuff and Revolutionary War days. It's all in there, every single bit of it. So if you want to understand America, what makes us tick and what's going to make us succeed in the future, go listen to our American stories. And now for a great American story, a great American brand, or it was a great American brand. It's no longer great. And by the way, it's no longer American, you know, just for the record. I'm talking about Bud, Budweiser, Bud Light. They have a brand new marketing plan that I'm going to tell you about in a second. But to my point on, it used to be a great American beer. Well, a couple of big conglomerates got together out of Brazil and out of Europe, and they came together, they formed a company, and they bought Budweiser for many, 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 many dollars. And so a lot of the family members from the Anheuser-Busch family, they did well, but the company's very different, very different. I mean, all kinds of things happened, right? They changed their headquarters. The marketing headquarters used to be in St. Louis. Now they're in New York. And with that went sort of the entry of a whole different line of thinking about how we're going to market. And I think they're all the same people that were kind of in cahoots with the people we were talking about in the beginning of the show, right? So you've got a group think mentality And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, they're getting this uh, TikToker to do their beer ads. I'm not going to torture you with that one again. But as a result of that, everybody was upset. Everybody was mad. So many of you were like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I remember the first time I had Bud Light. I'd just gotten off my factory shift, blah, blah, blah. I was with my dad outside on the farm. I mean, this is everyday Americans, right? We're all everyday Americans, and we can remember these stories. And Bud Light was iconic. Number one beer in America. And then its sales started tanking, 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 tanking. They're still tanking. So they got to come up with new ideas. Well, this is the latest and greatest. I mean, they got Kid Rock. They got Kid Rock to come out and endorse them. I th- they got Travis Kelsey, right? Like, everybody's getting Taylor and Travis. And now they've got a guy I actually had never heard of, but they must think he can help because he got canceled so to speak he was a successful comedians i guess gonna be on snl and he got canceled cause he got you know in trouble for saying some things that people misinterpreted because lord knows you can't have a sense of humor about anything these days i mean you can't even talk about alligator moats <laughs> that's yesterday's show you're gonna watch it. i think it's hysterical i do i do i do think it's hysterical um anyway yeah you can't talk about these things so, they they got out this guy. Um, what's his name? Let's put up his Instagram because uh, oh, here he is, Shane Gillis. He just announced on Instagram. Maybe we'll go to Instagram first, and then we'll we'll share this from the New York Post. Just happened like seconds ago. Shane Gillis. He's got a paid partnership with Bud Light, and he's really excited to announce it. He is a Bud Light partner, and New York posted a story on it. You can see. They think I, I, they think it's going to save him because apparently he actually was canceled himself, and so somehow there's some kind of, you know, simpatico there. So he's a comedian, and they think that this is going to be the be-all, end-all. The The marketing guy, I guess, said something to... Fox business about how this was going to usher in a new time, et cetera, et cetera. They're hoping and praying like something's going to happen, right? So this is all designed to go with the March Madness campaign. They write, Gillis is no stranger to culture himself. The comic was hired by Saturday Night Live in 2019, coming to us from the New York Post, by the way, I'm just quoting here, but was promptly fired after old jokes he made on his podcast resurfaced. Woo. And many interpreted this as as being really problematic. So what did they do? They fired him. And I guess he went on Joe Rogan recently and he he talked about this whole thing. He's talked about Bud Light. He made fun of Bud Light. He said, and I quote, it became a joke. That's tough to overcome marketing-wise. It's tough to get people to order a Bud Light publicly. You're going to get made fun of. Wow, so... So then Bud Light goes and hires them. <laughs> Bud Light's like, oh, let me get everybody who hates me. Maybe I should just bash Bud Light every day and then I'll get a gigantic deal with Bud Light, right? Is that, is that the answer? Apparently, because, you know, Kid Rock did the boom, 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 boom thing. Right? And then Kid Rock gets a big deal with, with uh, Bud Light. I'll tell you, you know, if they really wanted to succeed, they'd go and g- give Donald Trump super PAC some money. Of course, he doesn't drink. So there goes that idea. But this is the latest and greatest. I'll tell you the stock. It's been pretty challenged. I want to give you a read on this right now. Shares of Bud, they are still, let me see if I can tell you, shares of Bud still pretty much, uh, they've, they've come back a bit. A bit, shall we say, from those disastrous days. I mean, it just was unbelievable when we saw this. It's up today because they like this news. They're like, okay, the company's actually figuring it out. They're trying to do something, trying to do 1.5% gain on shares of Bud. And hey, you know what? They're trying to make a big comeback here. They're trading at $62.69 a share, which puts them actually back in the range very close to the range. They were before the whole fiasco started. I mean, I'll tell you, they've started to improve. Really, I would say you can almost pinpoint the time. they brought in Kid Rock. that made a difference. Now they're bringing in this guy. Shareholders love it, they're, it's up 1.5%. Listen, at the end of the day, it's gonna be whether or not they can deliver on earnings. So if people go back and they buy Bud Light, they'll be fine. But if they continue to fall, if sales continue to decline as we've seen, I mean, you've seen Bud Light down, what, 29%? I don't know how the earnings, and it's a very diverse company, by the way, in terms of uh, its beers, and they got hundreds and hundreds of beers, and they have the ability to sell them all over the world. So it's not like Bud Light's everything, but it's kind of important. And I guess it's just going to come down to whether or not the whole boycott thing really sticks. Do you think it will? Do you think it won't? Tell me who you think should be vice president of the United States. America for the Republican Party, I am telling you, it's serious, guys. It's really serious. It's good to see so many familiar faces. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. We are growing and we're getting stronger. And listen, we need to be creative and thoughtful. And my interest is making sure that the conservative policies are the ones that are promoted because we didn't even get to it today. We can we can tackle it tomorrow, but we're in a, we're in a tough spot, right? You look at what's going on in the Middle East right now. You've got an administration that's talking about making... Palestine a state i mean it's like wait a second you do that and then you get what you want come on i, I i'm sorry like that's that's just what the, one took over the line <laughs> that song sweet jesus i mean that is just, that's like not good if you're gonna let what happened happen and then you're gonna reward with giving them a state Well, I I, I don't know what is in store for our country. Please make sure you subscribe. Please make sure you share this. Please make sure you tell your friends. It's really important. Go to the audio podcast. Subscribe to The Trish Regan Show. Make sure you like that you share. And we'll
1: reconvene tomorrow. Thank you.